Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm assuming they'll do some kind of, I don't, do you do videos for coaches? I would assume, right? Probably. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you make it to a cup final. So um, uh, I think I he's going to have a warm reception, mean, right? You think so? I, I hope it's like his welcome home video is just a Jake DeBrusque highlight reel. <laughs> 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 And welcome to another episode of Brews and Bruins. We're still on the air somehow. Uh, my name is Drew Johnson. We're here with Cam Hasbrook. We got Chris Gear. Uh, we got a uh, we got the Hockey Podcast Network podcast, Bruins Diehards, Pride Diehards, uh, DraftKings. Um, we got a twenty-three and O Bruins team. Uh, the now tied for the quickest. Uh, to get to 20 wins in NHL history. They're tied uh, 23 games to get to 20 wins. They're tied with the 2012-2013 uh, Chicago Blackhawks and then the 1929-30 Boston Bruins. So uh, just continuing to to break some records uh, or tie them, I suppose, <laughs> which is still good. But before all that, let's get to drinks. Uh, I'm not drinking anything. Well, I am. I got a nice Arizona sweet tea here. Uh, 37s all around. Just the classic go-to. You're in high school. Go to the gas station. You got $5 in your pocket. Spend one on an Arizona. Four on the snack. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. I got our featured beer of the day, which is uh, Baxter Staycation Land. Oh, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant lager. Not a regular lager. A brilliant lager. Checking in at 4.9 ABV. Says, brewed with old world techniques to be as pristine and refreshing as the place we call home. This beer is for those of us whose favorite destination is right in our backyard. Amen to that. Uh, described also as a beer for beer drinkers, which I feel like most probably are. Um, but I, I get what they're saying out of this. It's a very crispy, classic, clean lager here. Drinkability. Pretty high for that. You can really drink this. Uh, I know Drew said he had a, a pretty good night last night diving into a few. Drew could probably still pound a couple of these. They're nice and refreshing enough. It shouldn't be much of an issue. Damn, drink you should have got me some. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll write it down here. We'll just have a, like a 30-minute pause in the episode where it's just me <laughs> sprinting down to your side of the port. Right there, down but... I, 295. Mm. Uh, drinkability. Uh, I'm going to check it in at a 30. 
and uh tasteability uh like a 20 but like a respectable 20 it's uh it's nothing overpowering but uh it is checking in with a nice clean refreshing palate cleanser so uh good stuff right here shout out to baxter oh yeah Alrighty. Um, so when did you, you guys recorded Thursday, right? So, there, oh no, there's only been one game. It's only been that Saturday. Yeah, night we game. had that weird break thing. Um, before. against the Colorado Avalanche, I was fortunate enough to have tickets land in my lap and got to go. With my buddy James, um, just absolutely electric throughout that whole game, and it helps when you score or early and have a solid lead early. But they just kept tacking on. And hello, Sebastian. They just kept tacking on and just overwhelming. And I, what I really loved was that uh, Marshy DePasta on the power play one-timer. Just kind of, cla- I just had a great view for that one. Just, you could see it coming. Like you could, the, the building could kind of feel that coming when they saw Pasta winding up for the one-timer. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on, on that game and, you know, the 23-0 and Boston team? Yeah. Um, obviously really good impressions, uh, bagging the defending Stanley cup champions five to one to extend to 14 and zero at home is pretty incredible. Um, I think I tweeted after the game, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering the last time the vibes were this high around the, the team on the ice. Um, what sticks out to me about that game is, is obviously Colorado is an incredibly talented squad. They're deep. Um, and this is the type of game that, a lot of the time, especially if it were to be like a playoff game or something, you get that three to one lead and you start to sit back, right. And just try to hold it. And it seems like this team under Montgomery is really committed to that just aggressive, kinetic, constantly pressing play style. And when you can take a, a two goal lead over a team like that, it's, it can become easy to become complacent and just try to lock down, you know, McKinnon and, and those guys who are going to be really dangerous, but they just kept pressing and all of a sudden they get, you know, a couple of good chances. They score two goals in 10 seconds and it's a route all of a sudden, right? The place is going crazy. So, um, you know, obviously I think with the break they had, that was probably helpful getting some fresh legs and stuff, you know, to go that full 60 against a team like that. But, uh, and that's going to be something that's tested as they play pretty much every other day through the rest of the month. Um, but that was really impressive to me to see them play just a, such a complete 60 against a team like that. Uh, and obviously I think that reflects a lot of, of talent and talent being used in the right ways up and down the lineup. Yeah. Vibes are good. Um, I feel like a lot's been made about certain roster moves, like even by us just talking about, um, certain D combos and, um, certain line combos, but it kind of feels like whatever Montgomery puts together works. So there's really not even a whole lot to talk about there. I mean, uh, I know we have a question later on about the third line, so I'll, I'll save that for later. But um, just cool to see a, a few guys really, really picking it up. I, I mean, every time I watch AJ Greer, I'm like, oh, this guy is like the perfect fourth liner. Like, this is exactly who you want on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's, he's energy, he's pace, he's he's got all sorts of hard-nosed skills that you'd want in a fourth line guy. And he's... I don't even, he could probably play up on the third line if you wanted him to, but I mean, he just has that perfect kind of game for, for bottom six and um, seeing that line work is, is awesome, especially uh, in a game where, uh, you know, you're playing against a really tough team. That's, I guess, usually deeper than they were uh, the other night, but 
um, you know, being able to roll four lines and be pretty confident in all four of those lines, at least holding serve, uh, obviously helpful. Yeah. Something that sticks out to me about Greer is I feel like, like a lot of fourth liners and you talk about like that fourth line energy that you want are great at like the, the chip and chase or like playing it out in the corners. I feel like Greer does a good job of steering that pressure kind of towards the net. So you're not just wearing down the defense and stuff. You're actually still like creating chances at least and, and putting pressure on, on all five guys versus just trying to, you know, buy time until you can bring out those first three lines again. Um, but yeah, I think obviously the, the flexibility that Montgomery has had is only possible because, you know, they have been playing so well in the lineup. And obviously that reflects on the stars who have been showing up and, and those middle guys, the Charlie coils and stuff who have been good, but it also really reflects on that fourth line that he's comfortable moving guys around or even just keeping that together right now. Um, and it's, it's working pretty much every time anybody's on the ice right now. Uh, something during uh, the abs game um, when Felino fought and then he got the extra for roughing. I had a feeling they were going to give him like an instigator. I found it weird. They gave him an extra two for roughing. Um, but I may have yelled some obscenities uh, towards the referee. Um, and I, I think there was like, not, not like a little kid, like a, like a teenage girl and her dad and her dad throughout like the game, I realized was like explaining stuff like, oh, during that scrum, the two defensemen have to stay at the blue line because they're not allowed to go in towards the opposing net in a scrum or, or whatever. Um, and so I realized I was that, that fucker yelling at the ref at the Boston Garden <laughs> fucking hammered for, for her. So. I'm proud to take on that role, but also uh, I just love Felino playing the role he is. It, it feels like it's like a David Backa situation, but Nick Felino can like play that role and he's kind of been that role and has the leadership and will play the gritty game. Doesn't mind, uh, you know, playing a few minutes. I just spilt something. <laughs> well done. Um, That's okay. But yeah, yeah, I've really liked Felino's play is kind of the summary of my thoughts there. Felino revenge tour is definitely nice. Um, nothing but positives to say about Linus Omar too. I mean, this goaltending tandem has been great so far, but another really solid night out of him. Um, obviously, I think the Bruins did a pretty good job of not getting pinned in and, and giving him too many like long shifts, if you will, in net. Um, but yeah, to, to hold a team like that to one goal, obviously, is, is always going to be impressive. So um, more out of the same out of him and Really just, uh, you know, obviously it's still kind of early in the season here, but um, as, as far as, you know, we go back to, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, but when they initially initially made that signing and it's like, oh, all right, we're giving three guys to a guy who's, you know, been impressive out of Buffalo, but hasn't really been tested out of there. And I don't think, uh, you know, you could have asked it to pay off much better than it has so far, especially this season. So shouts to, uh, shouts to Son Sweeney on that one. You got to give him credit there. Yeah. I mean, but contracts, the contract looks really good right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's still pretty young. He's uh, he he's seemed like a streaky goalie um, over his short career, but I mean he's been really consistent this year. And uh, I it, it I feel like confidence both in terms of what you have in front of you and what you've been doing is such a huge thing for a goalie and. Um, you know, having just 
having played that well for so long and having his team continue to play well in front of him, uh, I mean, all kind of bodes well for things rolling downhill a little bit. Yeah, certainly love to see that. Um, random note, did you see that Bruins alumni game, the uh, deep pairing of Sedano Char and Ray Bork? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a decent pairing. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I wish we could like do a, a simulation where we could see both of them in their primes. It also... Um, like I wonder if, if Orr and Bork have ever skated together in one of those, or if that overlap never happened, but that would have been pretty cool too. Um, is that like a thing that's, can you, can you go to that? Is it like, I assume it's for like charity or something. I don't really know. I haven't looked into it that much, but I'm assuming they sell tickets to that, but that'd be kind of cool to go to. Not yeah. really sure what the deal it was, is, but it was hard to see who was actually playing in that. Like what? what the rest of the team looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just featured the stars. <laughs> that little nice star, like Kevin Miller. And Adam nice equator playing, you know, yeah. looking good. Not so much for Kevin. Good Miller, to see but... that. Well, at least it's good to see you didn't break a leg. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's done so many times. <laughs> Every time he returns, he just breaks another leg. Um, yeah, sorry, my absence uh, there for a couple minutes was I spilt, like, my entire a- Arizona. <laughs> and no it was, longer. like, slow. No I think it was, that. like, slowly spilling for the past, like, five minutes. And then I just noticed it when I saw it trickling down to uh, the ground off the table. So the whole table was, like, covered in Arizona. <laughs> it's too, um, a party foul, but at least it wasn't a beer. The NBA season is heating up. And there are still so many unknowns. That's why at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Feel the sweat. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, we got Bruce Cassidy coming to town. Yes. Should be interesting. I don't know. I'm like... I'm assuming they'll do some kind of – do you do videos for coaches? I would assume, right? Probably. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you make it to a cup final. So um, oh, I think I he's going to have a warm reception, doing... right? You think so? I, I hope it's like his welcome home video is just a Jake DeBrusque highlight reel. <laughs> <laughs> but all from this season. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I think it will be a warm welcome. I don't think everyone was surprised when he left. Um, and then I, it wound up we're I feel like we're all like, oh, wow, that wound up being a good decision because we all questioned it then. So uh, it's not like no disrespect to him and, uh, you know, led the Bruins to a cup final and just was a really good coach while he was here. So I think it will be a warm, a warm reception. 
Should yeah. be a good test too. Vegas has obviously had a pretty solid start to the season. I think they've slowed down a little bit, right? I know they were off to another heater with the Bruins when they got going, but um, I'm not sure exactly where they're at right now. But they are a good team, so um, should be another good test. The next few really are in two weeks. I think we have uh, the Avs again. Is Tampa again or something like that? Maybe they. Oh no, it's Vegas twice and the Avs again. I think right and yeah, Arizona in the middle. NHL schedule makers are just like on something. They're just hey, let's do a bunch of home and homes and uh, let's make sure there's no games on Fridays or whatever. Yeah, you have a bit of a grind there with the well, the Avs at 9 p.m. Then you got the Coyotes on Friday at 9:30, and then a not so bad 8 p.m. game against the Golden Knights on Sunday. Uh, but I, is there a point? We haven't had that yet, right? That stint where you get all the games at like 10 because they're on a West Coast tour. <laughs> <laughs> like a band, because that's what they are now. They're a bandwagon on tour. Let's go. Everyone get on board. Um. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I think yeah. we have uh, a listener question. Yeah. A solo one. A solo one. I'm well, Richie asked well, word. Yeah. Which, yeah, word. Word. Word, Richie. Word, Richie. And he said dope. Nice. As well. True. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Sick. <laughs> That's sick, nasty, dude. Drew, um, do you have the other one? Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah. Then there's <laughs> a real question from Sean. I didn't know who was taking that. Um, yeah, Sean says, do you think having Hall on the third line is sustainable? Is Frederick emerging more offensively? And will it continue if so? Um I think when you're playing with Taylor Hall, uh, <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, and that like obviously you, you have uh, Frederick and Coyle there who've been working together great. Uh, I mean, yeah, adding Taylor Hall is only going to make that line more productive. Um, if you can make it work with uh, you know his absence from the second line still working, I just think wherever um, you know you have the most lines being productive is good. And I, I didn't see their minutes, but, you know, Hall gets a bunch of minutes on the power play as well. Um, maybe that keeps them a little fresh for them. But also, uh, you give Montgomery, like, you can just roll all four lines um, when you break it up that way. Uh, so uh, I, I like the call. I'd like to see how long they give it. Um, really just depends on if he's missed too much on that second line with Krejci and Pasta. Yeah, I think Zaka's done a really good job. I mean... I know a lot was made of his uh, shooting inability by uh, New Jersey. And, I mean, he did miss a couple of shots in the last few games. But, like, he's been productive and he's been a good facilitator on that line. Really, all you need on that second line is, I mean, it's kind of the same deal with Hall. Like, you just need someone who can get past the puck. Like, someone who can create and draw some attention away from him. And I feel like Krejci and Saka can do that totally fine. Yeah, I think uh, we kind of mentioned this like maybe it was last week, but part of the beauty is that like these these changes haven't really come out of desperateness, desperation. That's the word. (laughs) It's like somewhere there. Um, Journalism major, everybody. Um, It it hasn't been out of desperation. It's been just kind of toying with different things and seeing how it works. And especially, I mean, obviously we're only – 23 games into the season here, but I think at this point it's safe to say the Bruins should be in the playoffs. Um, 
And so I think a chance, especially this early for Montgomery to kind of try out a couple different things in case some of that scoring dries up later in the year, in case you get a weird injury or something and kind of seeing, all right, besides the obvious combinations that are working, what else can we go to if we do need to switch things up down the road so that, you know, all of a sudden their scoring dries up in April and you have to switch up some lines. It's not the first time that guys are playing together outside of practice. So I think um, that's another bonus to it, but um as far as Frederick, I feel like the the scouting report on him has always been, you know, obviously he's a high-energy guy. He brings a lot of physicality and stuff, but he does have a really good shot. He's got a pretty good release. Um, I feel like the issue last year is that the Bruins weren't really playing in a way that was giving him those kind of opportunities. And obviously having somebody like Taylor Hall on that line who's going to draw a lot of attention, create some space, is going to give him more opportunities like the one we saw yesterday or several, but especially that second goal that he scored. Um, I think that was Eric's goal. <laughs> right no that was fred's goal eric did not score trent had the first one fred had the second one but the quick release from fred on that on that i don't know if it was a one-timer or just kind of a stop and shot but it was, um, a one-timer. It was right and he popped the top corner like it was not like he's got that mm-hmm. shot it's yeah. just that it's rare for him to kind of have that kind of he doesn't have the ability skating wise or hands wise to create that space for himself but if you have something like taylor hall in the off wing who's going to do that all of a sudden you can draw that open and just feed it over to him and, and i'm not you know I'm not sure Trent Frederick is exactly the guy that people are marking as as like a need to mark kind of guy in the in the offensive zone. Um, so that you know if they can make it work again, it, it all depends on the success of the second line. But if they can keep producing up there, I don't mind dropping the hall down. And you know I've seen people talking about it on Twitter and stuff. I don't feel like really it's a demotion at this point with how how the lines have been rolling. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> like, we're so smart. He's got to agree when they're 20 and three. It's like, yeah, it's working. Well, actually, if, if you're playing Taylor Hall in your third line, like it just makes me not so scared if someone got injured. It's like, oh, Marsh, you know, like a short term injury. You're talking long term injury, then, you know, that's different. But it's like, oh, Marsh is going to be out for two weeks. Uh, yeah, you can just bump, bump up Taylor Hall or something. You could, if Zaka gets hurt, okay, well, that was, like, basically your third-line guy anyway, so whatever. Like, it's just amazing how, like, deep this team is, and I feel, like, comfortable with most of those players in the bottom six, or I guess on the third line, playing second-line minutes and, and so on, going up the line. So, um, very good to see. It's amazing. It's a amazing. special season. It's tremendous. It's spectacular. <laughs> the team is good. <laughs> Contrary to some Bruins fans. Um, on that note, is there anything else need that needs addressing? Keep on keeping on.